This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Or try this one on for size. Bonus scoop time. Zolgad and, of course, the star of the show, our guy, Doogie from... Oh, me. Yep, okay. The star right. From wow. Eyewitness News and the Scoop podcast that you can hear uh, Score North and, of course, executive producer, Declan Goff. Doogie, let's start with it. Let's start with the juiciest Timberwolves rumors that you have to unpack from your notebook. Ben Simmons, where do things stand? Because it sounds like, according to your spies and sources, things are progressing as far as his potential departure from the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I mean, Judd, the Wolves have engaged Philadelphia in talks. I can't necessarily double down on a friend of the program, Dane Moore's report from a few days ago that specifically Gerson Rosas met in Chicago at the Combine a couple weeks ago with Sixers general manager Elton Brand. But I have no reason to doubt that report. I can tell you, though, from my own sourcing, that Gerson, in phone conversations, maybe it was a text, but it wasn't in person. So it was either phone or via text, communicated with the Sixers front office, probably Daryl Morey, but it could have been Elton. It could have been the number three or number four guy, but I can tell you Gerson himself has been in contact with the Philadelphia front office, made it very clear, Judd, Anthony Edwards is off the table. Carl Anthony Towns is off the table. Those were the only two guys, I'm told, that were relayed to Philadelphia that are off the table. That being said, my strong sense is the idea is to combine Ben Simmons with D'Angelo Russell, that the two have a nice relationship. They played in high school together, that Gerson wants to combine those two, not move Russell to eventually end up with Simmons. But you're saying that there's a chance that if the Sixers absolutely say D'Lo has to go back to them in a Ben Simmons trade, that Gerson wouldn't shut the door on that possibility, where if they say cat or ant, then the uh, discussions are going to break down almost instantly. Yes, I mean, in real time. Now, could that change? Let's say Philadelphia says, okay. And by the way, I don't sense this is true at all. Like, I'll tell you right now, Judd, I don't sense at all. I have a very strong sense on this, that Philadelphia doesn't want D'Angelo Russell. So, you know, it's it's a two-way street in some ways, right? That, that Minnesota wants to retain D'Angelo pair him with Simmons, even though, again, I'm told that, that Gerson was pretty clear to Philadelphia. There's only two guys untouchable off limits, and D'Angelo was not 
one of those two. But I'm just telling you, I have a really strong sense that Philadelphia doesn't want D'Angelo Russell. But could that be fluid? Hypothetically, in a week or two, if Philadelphia says, okay, Minnesota, make your final offer. Or how about this? We have a really good offer from New Orleans. We have Mm -hmm. a really good offer from Portland. We are willing to send Ben to Minnesota. We definitely want him in the Western Conference. We don't want him in the Eastern Conference. So it's you, it's Portland, or it's New Orleans. But we need D'Angelo Russell. Is it possible? Again, very much a hypothetical, but is it possible that Gerson in the end would say, okay, I bend, yeah, take him, I suppose. But I'm just telling you right now, it doesn't seem like Philadelphia wants Russell. And even though Gerson didn't say, hey, he's untouchable, the idea is to have Ben with D'Angelo. Why do you think that they wouldn't want him? Like, what, well, what, what would be their desire? I think it's the contract. I think it's some of the history. You know, you talk to some people specifically in Los Angeles. Now, maybe that's unfair to D'Angelo, that he was very, very young back then, that he matured mm-hmm. once he got to Brooklyn. He had the one really good year in Brooklyn. Led them to the playoffs. So the surrounding cast, I think, is is underrated as you look back at that team. And it's not like they were, you know, significantly over 500. The Eastern Conference was really weak that particular year, but they dug themselves a hole. D'Angelo helped lead them out of that hole. He deserves credit for that one season. But the overall idea of D'Angelo impacting winning basketball, I think that's where Philadelphia would have a deep pause. Interesting. So if if Ben is at the top of our list of talkers when it comes to Wolves trade possibilities as we finally near the end of the finals, who else do you think can be factored in and discussed as possibility uh, possibilities, I should say plural, to land with the Timberwolves? Well, I mean, let's think about the free agency period last November, the trade deadline a few months ago. I mean, the guys that Rosas, the Wolves front office, had interest in then – it still applies now. Miles Turner of Indiana, John Collins of Atlanta, Derek Jones Jr. of Portland, Jay Crowder of Phoenix. I don't think the Suns are moving Jay Crowder, but those are among the names that Rosas chased going back multiple months. Nothing has changed on that front. When you think about the Wolves' most pressing need, overall it's defense, more specifically more so interior defense, although if you land Ben Simmons, the way he can defend on the ball, that can impact, right? You know, I mean, it's got a direct impact on, you know, guys not even being able to get to the rim because Ben can deny them, you know, at the perimeter top of the key and what have you. But the needs then are the same needs now, so it's it's all those names. I know that, that on a national level, Shams of the Athletic, you know, touted today, Tuesday the 13th, that the Sixers have opened up trade talks. Judd, I'm told Philadelphia started to make calls over a week ago, right? And I know the Wolves have engaged Philadelphia going back at least a week, if not more than that, going back to to late June when I said, hey, somebody very much in the know told me, quote, badly. The Wolves want Ben Simmons badly. So if you want the player badly, of course you're engaging his team in talks. But I saw that Shams also has a note about John Collins today. What will Atlanta do with the restricted free agent? I mean, I would think after the run Atlanta went on, like, I think you need to pay John and I get it. He wants the max and we can have a healthy debate whether John Collins is worth the max. And if you're the Wolves, 
would you pay him the max? That's another conversation. But, like, I would think, like, in some form or fashion, Atlanta is not just outright losing John Collins. Maybe there's a sign and trade possibility there. You know, would Atlanta have some interest? They need a point guard, specifically a backup point guard. Would Ricky Rubio interest Atlanta? You would need to send them more. Oh, by the way, Ricky Rubio and John Collins share an agency, so that agency can help facilitate a trade of, of that magnitude. That happens all the time, you know, but I just, I know that Atlanta needs a backup point guard. So you could make a case. And I mean, if you're Atlanta, you know, running this thing back through next year, you know, maybe a tweak or two if you end up moving Collins, but Atlanta feels like, hey, like with Hunter back healthy, with Cam Reddish coming into his own, like if you're Atlanta, you have to feel like you're one of the two or three best teams in the Eastern Conference. So if you have this this glaring need, you want a guy that can can impact you immediately. I can make a case that as a backup point guard in Atlanta, Ricky Rubio would help uh, the Hawks significantly. So again, you would have to add more. It's not Ricky Rubio straight up for John Collins, but that's just one idea that instantly hits me knowing what Atlanta needs. Okay, Dukes, recklessly speculate for me as we sit here on Tuesday, July 13th, scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being probably won't happen, 10 being it's going to happen. Where would you place right now the odds of the Wolves making a big impact move in the coming weeks at? Well, how do you define big? Ben Ben Simmons, John Collins, like a name – like. A move is coming. A, a substantial, a substantial yeah, move well, that probably impacts players not named, uh, not named Ant and Cat. I think a move is coming. Now, let me remind everybody that ninety-eight percent of trades that are talked about never happen. It's literally the jobs of those in the front office to engage other teams in trade talks. That's a big part of of what they do. Roster construction. So you're constantly tossing about names. Hey, would you do this? You know, hey, do you have interest in my guy? Would you trade us that guy? Those talks happen all the time. And oftentimes those trades actually don't happen. So it's talks and ultimately the the trade doesn't actually happen. It's talk, but but not action. But based on the amount of conversations that Gerson is having, Judd, like, it would be hard for me to see him not doing something. I guess in the end, we can debate if it's a big, impactful move. Like, a lot of league people just don't see Ben Simmons landing here. That that it's great fodder. We can talk about it. Let's continue to talk about it because we know the Wolves would love to have him. But that in the end, it's going to be another team that can make Philadelphia the best offer. Dukes, we're going to take a quick break here because we have huge news breaking. We will come back with that in one second, but let's take this time out. Hey, kids, how's the water? It's full of weeds. I can't move my legs. Uh, Your arms are free, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wave them around. It's fun. You kidding me? This can't be happening. This is Jamie from the Aquaside Company. Clear your water completely. Destroy weeds, algae, and the muck that's preventing you from enjoying your water from property. We know your time in the water is precious. We're the Aquaside Company. Call 800-328-9350 or visit Aquaside.com. State permit may be required. Okay, Dukes, final Wolves scoops. What else do you got from the Wolves? Yeah, Judd, Anthony Edwards will be in town this week to get the ankle looked at by team doctors. They then can make a determination 
on how long he'll be sidelined. There's no sense he's going to miss significant time, but it's unfortunate. Yep. As you saw a few guys from the USA Select team get elevated up, they've played in some of these exhibitions. Oh, by the way, the USA losing these exhibitions to mm-hmm. Nigeria and to Australia. I think if Anthony Edwards had maintained his health, he would have been one of the players elevated. So, I mean, that's the really unfortunate thing, but there's no sense it's a long-term type injury. Nas Reed, minor calf issue, nothing to worry about. But same deal, he would have had a chance to get elevated too. The Juancho Hernan Gomez shoulder injury, that's significant. That is a multi-month recovery. That is super unfortunate. He will miss the Tokyo Games for Spain. So of the three Olympians injured, by far, not even close, the most significant Hernan Gomez, then Edwards, then Reed. I talked with Matt Mitchell on Monday, the Mountain West Player of the Year from San Diego State. He was among many draft prospects that was here in town for that group workout Thursday, Friday, Saturday. His day was actually Friday. So he told me, give me some background on how it went. So they actually never played five-on-five. It was three-on-three, one-on-one. They did a bunch of combine testing. There were no interviews, but he said it was it was pretty interesting how they handled things. He said it was very well run, so he's glad that he went through that. So I would say that's what I have on the Wolves. The wild news developing here on Tuesday morning, Judd. I'll tell you, Zach Parisi got his wish on the buyout. Ryan Suter, that one to me is fascinating, that Ryan seemingly can still play. You're more a hockey guy than I am, but can still play, can still help a team win. He's incredibly close with owner Craig Leopold. I can even tell you, as of late last week, there wasn't a sense that the Wilds were going to go down this path. For sure, this path on Suter. Parisi got what he wanted. Parisi always wanted this. Parisi is is a happy man. Suter, I'll be curious to hear about, because I'm telling you, him and the owner are in lockstep. Like Craig Leopold a couple years ago drove Ryan for his surgery four hours away. Like they were in the car for four hours together. Mm -hmm. They are so tight, Judd. And so for Bill to get approval from Craig to do this is super, super fascinating to me. Yeah, and this, this um, to, to me, as, as the reports from Russo of The Athletic start to circulate, that both Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi are being bought out, uh, not only makes the protected list for the expansion draft, which is going to be a week from Wednesday, easier to do because, of course, with no move clauses, both Parisi and Suter had to be protected, and now they're going to be gone off the roster. So that becomes easier, but this really, really makes a statement about who's in charge of this team now, and that's Bill Guerin. Um, because I, I think you're right. Craig Leopold never would have introduced the idea, I don't think, of buying out Suter. And so it's interesting. What can you tell us about the dynamics, do you think, as well, of those two behind the scenes um, in terms of the things that had changed with the coaching changes, Doogie, the GM changes, which went from Chuck Fletcher to Paul Fenton to Guerin now. A lot obviously had changed uh, since July 4th, 2012, when both those guys were signed to 13-year $98 million contracts. I don't think Zach and Ryan ever had any sort of good relationship with Bill Guerin. I mean, I think there was a lot of bitterness. Those two with Bill, Bill is getting exactly what he wants. He wanted those two the heck out of the locker room. And even this last year, I think at times it was presented to us like, you know, they were they were united, heck, you know, holding hands, singing kumbaya. Even the run they went on, it was a fun season this past season. Yep. Let's just say there was some divide in the locker room. 
And now, Bill, I don't know if he'll ever admit this on the record, but I feel confident saying this. Bill feels like moving these, these two on will clear up those dynamics that have existed for years, pre him and when he got here, that have existed in that locker room. Outstanding stuff, Doogie. Thank you. And we will talk to you on Thursday for more scoops on uh, Mackie and Judd. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know that with the breaking news, you and Declan have a bunch of wild stuff to do. I have a bunch of leftover Major League Baseball draft notes, some twin stuff. We can get to that on Thursday. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, okay. dude. Sounds good. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.